I'm Warren Berkeley with the Laurel Heights Church of Christ, and this is sermon content posted for March the 7th. We appreciate your checking in with us and listening to this recording. Have your Bible ready and stay with us for about 20 minutes. Let's have our Bibles open to the book of Isaiah, chapter 43. Isaiah, chapter 43. I'll give some historical background and then we'll just get right into the text of Isaiah chapter 43 to remember how good God is to his people. Therefore, we are perfectly justified in keeping our trust and hope in him. Now, a little review will get us where we need to be. A little review, please. Isaiah and Isaiah chapter 43 in particular. Here's the background. God formed a nation from the descendants of Abraham through Isaac and Jacob. We often call that nation the Israelites or the children of Israel. We're talking about the Jewish people before Christ. Because of their rebellion, God sent them into exile in Babylon for 70 years. Isaiah speaks of that in Isaiah chapter 39, but in chapter 40, the prophet shifts away from judgment to comfort and assurance. As exiles in Babylon, God's people needed hope. No doubt there was the temptation to feel forever abandoned by God, and perhaps wondering what would happen in the future. What about the promises that God would bring hope to the world through Messiah. Maybe some thought God was finished with the nation altogether. This was the end in the minds of some, perhaps. There could have been doubt, discouragement, temptation, and compromise. Hope directly from God would reach people with good and honest hearts. Beginning in Isaiah chapter 40, God uses Isaiah to comfort the faithful remnant. And this section of Old Testament scripture is a treasure for us in teaching us about how God cares for his people, keeps his promises, and assures us with hope. While we are not a part of that nation, at that time there is much we can learn about God from this part of Isaiah. I believe we need this history to help us. Here's what I want to do. Let's make this an open Bible study and just work our way through these 13 verses. And this approach will put us in good position to draw some conclusions and encouraging practical applications. Isaiah chapter 43. But now thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you, I have called you by my name, you are mine. In typical prophetic fashion, this begins with that critical forward, thus says the Lord. This is the Lord speaking to his people, identified by the names Jacob and Israel. The Lord identifies himself as the one who formed them. He was their creator, not just personally, but nationally, and he owned them, redeemed them out of Egypt, and they were called by his name, the children of God. Now, 
In this case, the Lord has a message of comfort and hope captured by two words, fear not. Continuing, the Lord said to his people, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you and through the rivers. They shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned and the flame shall not consume you. To go through water or pass through fire and yet safely pass through not overwhelmed, not burned, or consumed, this speaks to both the power of the Lord and the love of the Lord for his people. Remember where they were, captives in Babylon. God speaks to them through the prophet, fear not, you are mine, I will be with you. Fire, water, remember who I am. I am with you, fear not. Who will be with them? Continue at verse 3. I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Seba, in exchange for you, because you are precious in my eyes and honored, and I love you. I give men in return for you, peoples in exchange for your life. We often make this observation that the Lord could have just left these people in Babylon, yet he was faithful to his purposes and promises, and he loved these people. He did not have the same relation with Egypt, Cush, or Seba. He would give them up. But these Jewish people, the descendants of Abraham and the patriarchs, these people were God's people, precious in his eyes. Verse 5 and following, Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east, and from the west I will gather you. I will say to the north, give up, and to the south, do not withhold. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the end of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. The Lord would regather his people. The Lord could take his people wherever he willed. He could bring them from distant places. They were created for his glory as a part of his plan. An interesting dialogue in verses 8 and 9, something like a challenge that said, Bring anyone from anywhere. My power and might will stand up to the test. Bring out the people who are blind, yet have eyes, who are deaf, yet have ears, all the nations gather together and the peoples assemble. Who among them can declare this and show us the former things? Let them bring their witnesses to prove them right and let them hear and say, it is true. This is very much like back in Isaiah chapter 41, where God said, I am God. Bring anyone against me from anywhere then verses 10 to 13, you are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me, no God was formed, nor shall there be any after me. I, I am the Lord, and besides me there is no Savior. I declared and saved and proclaimed when there was no strange God among you. And you were my witnesses, declares the Lord, and I am God. Also, henceforth I am he. 
There is none who can deliver from my hand. I work and who can turn it back. So to summarize, at a time when God's people were staggering in discouragement, wondering what the future might be, tempted and tried, perhaps speculating about how the conditions would just get worse. God spoke through the prophet a message of affirmation of his existence, his power, his faithfulness to his promise, but also his care. I love you. You are precious to me. And the takeaway for the Jewish exiles can be captured in two words. Fear not. What is the takeaway for us, God's people today? I'm talking about Christians today. We are not those covenant people in Babylon, but what does this history teach us about God's relationship to his people? I want to bring up three points of consideration from this text. Number one, God doesn't react like we react. When bad things happen, when trends and tendencies seem to take us right to the edge of hell, we get very agitated and frustrated and sometimes say things that uh, we later want to take back. When you think everything is going to be canceled, I want you to go back and read Psalms 2. Let's read some of that now. Why do the nations conspire and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their chains and throw off their shackles. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. He rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath, saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. If we think God reacts to crisis on earth the same as we react, we are dead wrong. We are often in despair while God is calm and resolute, knowing that his purpose to save his people hasn't changed. God says, I have installed my king. And God says to those who live under the authority of that king, fear not. I shouldn't ever think that because I am in despair and worried to death, God is. No, God is God. Jesus is the King. The Holy Spirit is telling us through Scripture, fear not. Number two, genuine assurance isn't dismissed or canceled by earthly trouble. If you have, as an active Christian, the hope I preached about last week, that is the anchor of the soul, if you are really following Christ, while it is hard and these are difficult times, the assurance God offers to his people is never diminished by bad things that are happening on earth. That assurance we need to hold to is directly connected to not circumstances here, but who God is. Over and over in this section of Isaiah, the prophet speaks for the Lord who says, remember who you're dealing with. Here in Isaiah 43, 
God says to the faithful remnant, I created you, I formed you, I redeemed you, I summoned you, you are mine. I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel. I, even I, am the Lord. That's where our focus ought to be. Genuine assurance that enables God's people to remain strong in the storms of life, that assurance is connected to not circumstances here, but circumstances in heaven connected to who God is. That's why these kinds of studies in the Old Testament can serve us well. Isaiah helps us see who we're dealing with. If my assurance and trust in God is reduced or wavering or diminished by current events, I need to re-examine my confidence in who God is. Number three, the alarms sounded by men are insignificant when we are listening to God say, fear not. There is, in our time right now, a substantial specter of evil. We cannot be blind to it. The evil around us ought to provoke us to a robust commitment to preaching the gospel. It is this simple, folks. If the problem is evil, the only solution is the gospel. Let's preach it. Christians respond to evil by telling people the truth about how they can get out of their circumstance of evil, the gospel. Praying and applying godly influence alongside our proclamation of the gospel. The more we are aware of evil, the greater should be our responsibility to spread the gospel, spreading the gospel, exposing error, and a life in harmony with the gospel. That's fighting the good fight and keeping the faith. Lately, it seems to me a lot of energy is invested in spreading fear rather than spreading the gospel. Someone thinks something is going to happen. They don't know for sure but they believe they have the future nailed down, so they distribute alarming statements and warnings. Doomsday notices have become the fare of social media, the trending messages, the fuel that leads more to fear than to faith. God said to his people, fear not. Through the gospel of Christ, he's saying that to us today. Be strong and courageous. You have a Savior. Also in Isaiah 41.10, God said, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. If God said that to physical Israel, don't we see that is his message to spiritual Israel? Romans 8.15 you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. I think it is often the case we need to stop reading all the anxiety and doomsday prophecy on Facebook and Twitter and get our heads into God's book. My point, the alarms sounded by men are insignificant when we are listening to God who says through the gospel, fear not. 
Who are we listening to? Pay attention to who God is and take to heart passages in the New Testament, like Hebrews 13, 5, keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. I want to say this. Instead of vainly attempting to predict how bad it will be, let's give up our attempts at prophecy and invest that time and energy in spreading the gospel and helping each other be strong and courageous. God says, fear not. I need to listen to him say that through his word rather than load my mind with the doomsday alarms of men who spread cynical speculation. Fear not. Now, there is a fear that is worthy of embracing and worthy of being a part of our lives. Fear God and keep his commandments. Respect him. Know who he is. Godly fear is what enables us to reject the fear of man. As Paul said to Timothy, God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. That's 2 Timothy 1.7. And add to that Romans 8.15, Paul said to Christians, you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. The alarms sounded by men are insignificant when we are listening to God say, fear not. Thank you for being with us and listening to this recording. Let's all listen to God, say fear not.